0: Hi friends and welcome to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle but before we get started I have some coaching announcements. Now they are wrapped around fitness for cycling and cycling skills. Now the first one is I am going to be launching an online fitness membership and there's going to be cycling involved in there too, but not till the fall. Now what it's all about is like cycling is great, but we certainly need to think about muscle development and strength for strength, power, and speed on our bikes. And what's better to do is to work out with weights and bands and get start developing those muscles. So for you guys, this is super special. Get on my VIP list so you get a great deal on the first time membership. Go to cyclefitness.online, get on the list and you're going to get a great deal. The next one is mycyclingskillspro.com and these are my online cycling skills programs. So I have a four hour cycling skills intensive. You get all the things you need to know to be, to really improve your cycling and exponentially become a more efficient and economical cyclist then, or you could do it in a four hour. You can do it a four week, or you can get a downloadable module where you can just do it at your own pace and use this code pedal to get an extra $50 off with that. Have an amazing We apologize in advance. We had some audio issues, but I hope that you can definitely put that behind you and enjoy this interview. Thank you. Welcome everybody to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle with your host, Sylvie Dao. And I am super, super excited to introduce my new coaching friend, Mika Simola from Finland. Yes, we don't just talk about Canadians and Americans we're I'm like I said I'm gonna go all over the world to bring you great amazing people in the cycling world so before we get started don't forget to subscribe like comment and share and also provide a review which would be helpful for boosting this to the top because that's where we want this one to be so I'm just going to introduce Mika um and like I said, Finland um, is going to be interesting. He's going to tell us a little bit about what's going on over there right now. And um, so Mika uh, is a Finnish race uh, racing cyclist. He finished, so this is kind of his accolades. Um, he finished in third place in the Finnish National Road Racing Championships in 2012 and 13. He rode in the 2016 and 17 UCI Track Cycling World Championships. So Mika started his coaching business um, in 2010. So he's been coaching since then. He is now a full time coach as of 2018. So before we get into Mika's story and how he got into cycling and what is happening currently in Finland, Uh, just a little background, how we know each other. I mentioned in a couple of other podcasts that um, I was in a, um, an NCCP uh, coaching course, and that's where I met Mika. And uh, so it just goes to show that, and actually, I want to know how we got in there because it was like Canada, but I guess that's the international connection that he must have. Um, and that's a great way for, it was a great way for me to connect with other coaches and I'm super excited to be able to bring him and his story to this podcast. So welcome Mika. I'm so happy to have you here. I hope it's not too late in the day.
1: Hi everyone. No, uh, <laughs> we are like, uh, uh, half to six at the moment. So oh. we are really good time. It was yeah. a bit different at that, that uh, coaching course uh, some months ago. It was like from midnight to <laughs> 3 a.m. for for me, but um, it was totally worth it. It, mm-hmm. it was great people around there and uh, great new connections, and uh, I really enjoyed my time over there.
0: Yeah, it was great. <laughs> I was like, is he still awake? <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't realize it was that early in the morning but yeah good on you it was worth it like I was, I was so happy that I was able to get in there last minute um, but so let's start with um, I always love to dive into the story around how um, how people get how you got into cycling what's where did you start
1: I think my story is like a really typical for the uh someone coming at late age to the sports i was something like um, 16 or 17 and i have played uh, football i mean is it soccer for you also i played soccer all my life and uh, uh, i was bad at playing but good at running so (laughs) (laughs) i was looking some other options to train because uh, obviously I wasn't ever gonna break at the soccer. So then I I just uh, found out that uh, cycling could be fun. And uh, I have been watching like it always uh, at uh, our, our television. So we had like good coverages from the big mm-hmm. stage races. And I give it a go and uh, at the beginning, it was more like for fun and uh, testing stuff. But um, soon I realized that I probably want to race also some. Yeah. And um, uh, it went well at the races for the beginning. Like I was 21 or 22 when I started racing a bit more seriously. And uh, I had like really, really nice physique at the finish national elite level so mm-hmm. that got got me into it
0: yeah because uh, when you say when you say you're late i was waiting like 25 26 and you're like 16 i was like <laughs> that's really early but that's also a really great time to jump into cycling because you had a great background uh, a big engine for running um and then i bet it you know with training uh, it translated over really well into building a strong, like your strong race at the U23. That's U23 level. Yeah. So from there, did you continue on with racing throughout your twenties? Is that kind of what you yeah. ended up doing?
1: Yeah. I I was looking all the time, like um, opportunities to race and uh, my own club had some really nice races abroad at the local countries and i enjoyed it a lot and like uh, when i was 25 26 i went to belgium to race and it was like a totally different world at there (laughs) the races were way more intensive and uh, they were shorter but faster, and uh, I immediately fell, fell in love with it, you know. Fast races, really high speed, uh-huh. and big bunches. It was like a really nice time. I spent like uh, three or four years there over the summers.
0: Okay, so, so when you're like 21, you were more l- racing locally around Finland, and you yeah. didn't travel like to the other countries? To race no until not that you're much about like older
1: okay yeah i think i did my first races abroad when i was 22 but it was only like some races at the sweden next to us and then right. i had like a i think i had like a really good progression over the year that the challenge got bigger and bigger and mm-hmm. races got more demanding and demanding all the time right so it was like a um, slow progression, but uh, when looking at it after I'm looking at it now, it was like a really good progression for me because uh, I was able to train and develop myself yeah. all the time to the challenges of those races.
0: I think it's also really important to say like as an older cyclist, like even like in your early twenties um it like you develop your own um what what am I looking for not just like a mental capacity I guess to you know to travel and to train at that at that level and also you know to understand you know what it is to you know maybe lose at a race and and uh, take that and apply it to become better. I, you know, I guess it's just the maturity level is what I'm saying, you know, yeah. over like when you're younger and you take it more to heart, you don't understand like, you know, failure is a, progress, like a stepping stone to success. So,
1: Yeah, and for me, it was like from maybe 2011 uh, to 2017, like uh, then it was like a traveling a lot. And oh,
0: okay.
1: uh, we went like, um, besides the road races in Belgium, there was like a lot of track races around Europe we went. Yeah. And uh, that was something that we traveled a lot and raced a lot. And there was like a um, great deal of racing over the year. I usually, like, when I counted my track and road races together, I got like uh, 60 to 70 races per year. so wow. It was like a, we were really racing and uh, yeah, I, guess. I was really enjoying it. <laughs> <I'm>
0: like, <laughs> I think my, lot, my most races in one year is like maybe, I don't know, maybe under 15. And that was intense. But I was also like, I don't know, early 40s maybe late 30s but uh in any case so did you were you recruited to go down there or did you have a team from finland that went to belgium to join in the in the racing down there
1: uh i went first to the belgium without any team oh gosh really i was just yeah <laughs> i just went to race there because yeah. i had some friends over there and i knew the scene and uh, right. Pretty soon, I connected with the local club, and mm-hmm. I, I was able to join to ride with them. Yeah. So that was really nice, and I got some like a local help also yeah. about which races to go and uh, where the group rides at the yeah, yeah. Uh, weekday starts and uh, stuff like that. So it was like a really nice experience, and uh, like I said, that I felt fell in love with the racing at yeah. Belgium, I also fell in love with the culture over there because it's mm-hmm. really similar to Finland and uh, people are friendly, I think they are everywhere, but right? uh, <laughs> got, I got some, so much help there and uh, I felt like um, welcomed with people, mm-hmm. so it, the Belgium is, has like a special place in my heart.
0: Uh, do you go there often now, like as a coach with your team?
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: We're going to Belgium.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's not only because I like the place. I think um, Belgium is like a really natural place right. for rider from Finland to go because mm. Finland is like a flat country and so oh. is Belgium. So we had really? like a, yeah.
0: I never pictured anything in Europe flat. No.
1: no well, I think <laughs> this oh, to my house is like a biggest, uh, biggest climb over here.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all right. So you went down there by yourself. Um, was that like what? What prompted you to do that? Because when I started racing, I traveled by myself too, and it was just me and I I love racing so much and it didn't matter I would just go by myself to events and I would meet people and literally I would live in my car I don't know about you but maybe you flew over there (laughs) cars are a little closer but um what was it like like when you decided did you decide that this is the time to take my career as a cyclist to another level and go to Belgium like where all the races were is that kind of
1: yeah, it was a bit like that. I had like a really great coach from New Zealand at that time.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: okay. Derek uh, Guide. I hope you are watching this, Derek. Oh, you can send it to
0: him. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, we were thinking how to develop my riding at that point. Uh, I wanted to do some track cycling, but we mm. needed like... a some road cycling and road races too and right. then we were figuring the, the West uh, and we just figured out that Belgium is like a really a place to go mm-hmm. and uh, uh, in fact I packed my bikes, rode and track to my car, yeah. went through Sweden. I had yeah. like a three-day stage races at the Sweden and then I continued to Belgium so oh,
0: yeah pack the car think,
1: up yeah and at <laughs> the end of the stage race uh, I didn't even have like a accommodation at the Belgium so yep. sounds
0: right
1: it's like a, I
0: think <laughs> that's
1: like a my car yeah it's like a uh, I think common common way uh, to try to break it there right. and uh, But it was like a bit like a make or break moment also for me. I was like 26 or Mm -hmm. 27. I knew that uh, I had some capacity left. I wanted to explore the races over there and especially be close to the indoor velodrome to train. So it was like a uh, combination of stuff. And then on the other hand... uh, we had like great connection from Finland to Belgium by plane, mm-hmm. so it was handy to leave car there and flew back to home every once in a while, and then back there.
0: Right. Ah, so you did the whole car thing. Yeah.
1: I don't. Yeah, d- yeah. You don't.
0: You don't live in your car for very long. Somebody will take you. in. <laughs> it's kind of like me in my first race. I showed up my car. It was a stage race in Quebec, and uh, at the finish of the first stage of the prologue i was talking to some girls and they're like you know where are you staying i'm like oh my car (laughs) it's like what he's gonna stay with us to your condo and it just and it just went from there and i made some amazing friends in montreal but um so you're on your way there and this is kind of like a make or break so you know Tell us a little bit more about that because sometimes that can be like the most emotional part about, you know, getting into the scene now. And were you more a track racer or a road? Like, where was your kind of specialty? Uh, at that
1: for point? me, it like was like. Yeah, for me, it was like I was really trying to do the track at that. Okay. and uh, for me I wasn't ever looking more than the Kermes races in Belgium I wasn't after like uh, any any team places or anything like that over there Uh, in fact we used like uh, those Kermeses as a training sometimes (laughs) because um, if you are fit then the 120k race shouldn't be too hard for you. You should be able to ride that at your base level. No matter how difficult the course, if it's flat, Mm -hmm. you should be able to do it. And uh, I remember one winter, we did hardly any intervals. We just did like a base training a lot. And then I went really early to Belgium. And the the races were my intervals at that point. Because the main season was at the autumn. So we were just like, uh, using races as a training. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. But did that base training really help? Like, yeah. because you know how people are about base training, they're just like, this is so boring. All I want to do is like go super fast all the time. And, uh, yeah, well, that's really, that's really interesting. So how did it go when you got there? Like you said, yeah, you said you spent like four years.
1: Uh, it went really well Uh, I mentioned earlier that I was ending my stage race at the Sweden and didn't have any accommodation so (laughs) uh, I found an accommodation on my way to Belgium and it was like with this really nice teacher who was renting his room and uh, he was really taking care for me for like my first summer over there yeah uh, every morning there was a breakfast available while he was wow. already he was already at school and uh, <laughs> then uh, in the evening there was a meal available and uh, i was really taken care at uh, at his house and uh, that was like a really smooth for me he was speaking really good english and uh, uh, I got like a really really a lot of help at the beginning and it really helped me later mm-hmm. uh, because later I rent like an uh, own room at the other parts of the Belgium and uh, I knew how most of the stuff goes there right. and uh, I haven't had any problems ever at the Belgium so I was really like a I got good connections to help when I needed help, and mm-hmm. uh, people are be speaking really good English over there, so it's like a... Is that so like where really you got nice. your English? Yeah, I think a lot of it.
0: <laughs> I don't really, I not think Belgium was more English, I thought it was more Spanish.
1: No, they're speaking really nice English, and uh, especially younger people, they wow. are always tr- trying it
0: oh cool so is that where you did you uh competed in the uci track
1: worlds yeah it was like a bit later Um, yeah that's not too long ago that
0: was like three years ago
1: yeah uh like last last couple of years of my riding i was really doing like a 1k Time trial and scat, scratch okay. race on track. Right, I right. I got a bit tired about being in Belgium and being away from home that much, and mm-hmm. it was like a like a second make or break moment. Oh. I was <laughs> I was in my thirties and fin-
0: Finland and say, can I do? Can I do this?
1: Yeah, it was a bit like we 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 were we were trying how fast I can go one mm-hmm. kilometer right. and. Uh, uh, I was doing like uh, that for my main for a couple of years. And wow. uh, it was like a interesting transition because I started like really young as a road rider. And then I did some track, then some more track and track yeah. month races. And then I ended up to the one kilometer. I never break at the international level. I had to admit that. And yeah. uh, but uh, on the other hand, I'm really happy about my own story well, because yeah. uh, in Finland we don't have indoor track. We have like a two outdoor tracks available, so there's not that yeah, was much looking training at that. chances. The yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of hard to really train for that. On uh...
1: yeah, but uh, I was always trying to focus on what we got and that we got like uh, at least we got two outdoor tracks. So it's better to enjoy those than complain about something we are not having.
0: Yes, that's true. Yeah, you're lucky. Now, so does that move like you started coaching in 2010. So that was like 10 years ago. Is that what you used to fund your your cycling in Belgium? Or how did you get into coaching? Somebody just asked you.
1: Yeah, it's a classical story. <laughs> I think that uh, younger riders at my club, I was like a 25 at that point. But there was this like... This is um, back in Finland? Yeah. Yeah, okay. There was like um, two riders at my club. They were 16 and 17. And they, they were in need of a coach. And they asked if I can start coaching them. And I said that, yeah, of course. Of course, I can do that. Nice that mm-hmm. you asked, and I'm here to help for you.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And uh, I think, in fact, I watched my athletes' training programs. I had, like, a really big pile of those. I had, like, a great athlete who uh, fill all the forms. and uh, oh. <laughs> i <watched laughs> you love like it when it,
0: you have one of those?
1: Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I have to say that I was able to show, see my own style from the programs back then already, it's like yeah. a, uh, it was really nice to watch those, and um, I'm really happy that both of my athletes back then they were able to achieve some. Uh, one of my athletes went to the Junior Road Worlds. Oh, cool! And uh, he was with me in Belgium for one summer. We oh, were racing cool. there together. So and. Uh, uh, at this, this, these days we are a really good friend still, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, it has changed in a way that he stopped cycling, and for a few times he has been my manager at some uh, races. So, oh, really? it's really like, yeah, yeah, and it's like a really nice situation because we have so long relationships, we mm-hmm. can talk anything and. We can discuss tactics and uh, whether I'm doing
0: bad. Yeah. So, did he stop racing?
1: Yeah, he stopped racing. managing you? (laughs) No, (laughs) but sometimes because it's really nice that guys are still in a club, you know, even if they stop racing, they they stay with us. So, yes.
0: Because that's like a really great. Yeah, because is he one of your coach's assistants or does he help out with? kids programs
1: no he's uh in fact studying uh, out of town but uh, we are still uh, keeping touch like every month and whenever there's like a grand tour professionals are doing we are like having a live whatsapp feeds going on (laughs) we are Uh, changing information so (laughs) yeah so you made like a lifelong friends in cycling yeah
0: Yeah, no, that sounds really good. And it's nice to have somebody actually close to you like that, where you can kind of bounce ideas off of and actually have them come to an event with you because having somebody help out is, is really nice. I never really got that because I was always kind of like the manager for our club events or our team. I had a master's woman's team. So I was the one there putting up the tent and taking care and making the, the schedule and like, and, uh, yeah, so
1: one yeah, of these. I had to mention about when I was doing like a, my time in Europe and especially the track races, uh, the bit downside was that I was always doing those alone. And uh, like uh, most of the time, without any manager or mm-hmm. coach with me even. So yeah. that was like um, pretty hard sometimes. Yeah. Uh, even I was at the, at the UCI Worlds and uh, I didn't have like a coach even oh, there with me. So great. that's like um, something that, uh, that bothered sometimes because yeah. you are like a really alone there when there's like a teams around you and Mm -hmm. then you are there of course i got some great help from the great Mm -hmm. people over there but still at the end of the day when there's like a no coach or no manager with you and you are like uh, preparing to the big races like Mm -hmm. world cup or uh, world championships yeah you are at the wrong place Bit when there's no even uh, manager for you so yeah. but then on the other hand it gave a lot of experience
0: yeah <laughs> yeah I bet it did but I know I hear you it is it is kind of lonely when you show up by yourself and you're like uh you know and you're you're like an individual um independent racer on the and you've got no teammates around you and you're just sort of like taking in all the experience but and you really you know when you see the other teams you're kind of like that'd be really nice to have like a group of people to be with on the start line i get yeah.
1: but then i have to say that i had like a really great experience at the toronto and milton i was there doing a race like 2016 or so and uh, the cycling federation of Canada was really taken care of everything. There was like a oh nice. There was like a person to pick pick me from airport, and I had like accommodation oh. close to the close to the Milton Velodrome, and mm-hmm. uh, oh,
0: when you came here to Canada, for, was that yeah, for Can-Am's? Yeah, yeah.
1: No, it was like for some uh, UCI event, like two thousand and sixteen oh, okay. or so, and uh, okay. Uh, I
0: didn't realize that was uh here in uh at Milton.
1: Yeah I have been over there also and I haven't even uh,
0: seen that yet. (laughs)
1: There was like a really uh, really lot of nice people around there uh I got a lot of help uh, from the people of the federation back there. I was able to use the gym at the Milton and uh uh, I needed some spare part and I was uh, for my bike and I got that from team kind of the service course and uh, uh, really like a great experience to be there. And the track was great, of course.
0: Well, yeah, it was brand new. <laughs> Good on you. You got to try it. I haven't even been out there. I've only been down to Forest City and I don't even know. Did you get to see that one? No. No, it's like half the size. Ah. It's like... 180 meters okay so it's like you get whiplash going around there it's so like yeah um but it's great for beginners great for beginners um okay so now you're doing you've moved into um coaching started your coaching in 2010 now 2018 you launched into full-time coaching how is that started and how is that now Like you were, we were just talking and you said COVID was kind of had a full season. season. You guys are kind of lucky. Yeah. Do you have a full Uh, complement of of athletes from all over? Are they more club?
1: I had like a athlete from, I had like a really lot of different kind of athletes. There's like those who are trying to get like to the Belgium and to the teams over there. And then I had Mm -hmm. like a, bit more younger athletes at club who I'm coaching also. Then I'm having like a good elite level riders, mm-hmm. then uh, some master ri- riders, and okay. then just like uh, recreational riders who are having some Grand Fondo goal or oh, something yeah. like that. So uh, I'm really happy that I'm having like a uh, such a wide wide group of people who yeah. I'm working with, because I'm learning a lot from the different athletes all the time, and their yeah. different situation where they are with their lives, and uh, uh, it's really nice to have, like, such a big group of persons, yeah. and everyone is, like, a unique, everyone is, like, an, as important as other person, so every training I, I do for just that athlete, I'm not using, like, a spreadsheet that I'm giving everyone I'm doing it for individual and Mm -hmm. uh, I really enjoy it also because uh, it's just like conversation with athlete even though you are doing it through training peaks or some other platform
0: right right. so all yours all your clients are local are you having people find you from a?
1: am having like most of the clients are from Finland, and they are spread around Finland, which is nice, I think, and mm-hmm. then I have, like, a couple of athletes abroad also I'm coaching, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really in a good position, and then, uh, which I'm really proud is that I'm also having, like, a, I'm, just, I'm not coaching just, like, a road riders or track racers. I'm having like a couple of bmx riders with me oh. then i'm trying to learn some from my boys who are doing uh enduro mountain biking so oh, cool I'm really i saw like that picture on your
0: facebook with the the kids on the rollers yeah i was like i wonder how old is that because <laughs> it's like all right kids get on
1: <laughs> yeah and uh, we are in fact using a lot of rollers with the bmx riders
0: I can see that. Yeah, I can see that would be really beneficial, especially when you, I mean, when it's, you know, either not really good conditions outside, or maybe your BMX yep. course is far away. That's a good idea.
1: I have rollers and, at
0: home. I got, my son is like, he likes BMX. So I was like, maybe.
1: And I'm really like enjoying doing time with the BMX guys and Enduro boys, because uh, I think,
0: you're like, I'm learning more mm,
1: from them. That
0: maybe that's what I'm gonna do next.
1: Yeah, I'm just listening <laughs> what they have to say and yeah, yeah. Then I'm, yeah that sounds good. You do that. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just sit here and watch. Now yeah, you mentioned I think it's a learning curve.
0: Yeah, well, you know, what? I find that um, if you and you know, even for me, like I've been road. I started out mountain biking, then I did road. And now, of course, the big craze is, is gravel. And, you know, you just sort of feel, I don't know if it's like that in Finland, if everybody's getting their gravel bikes and going off-roading. Um, but that it's like that here. So I found myself a road slash gravel bike that I can use for both racing and gravel riding. If I can, you know, just change up the wheels. So, um, I'm pretty excited about that because I don't want to give up my road cycling because I want to get back to racing. Yeah. And then, but I want to start participating, you know, with the, the team, uh, the club, I should say. Um, and I did love mountain biking and I know I'm going to love road and uh, gravel. And I love cyclocross, but, you know, after a summer of racing, like I was just so tired in the, in the fall. And that's when I got to see my family. You know, yeah. what I mean? <laughs> like, my husband. I don't yeah. think my husband would appreciate. So, oh, you're going to spend another four months uh, racing every weekend? Uh, not really. <laughs> so, I'm like, I had to pick and choose. So, yeah. anyways, I. Like, um, but you mentioned that you're looking for um, international opportunities. Do you want to elaborate on that?
1: Yeah, um, I think it, it's a bit the same as uh, when I was riding. You are. Constantly trying to find challenges, new challenges, and looking for opportunities. And uh, for me, it's like a goal that uh, someday I will be like uh, uh, coaching abroad. And oh,
0: okay, uh, you mean like that, moving and coaching somewhere? Yeah, else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: And uh, it could be like with some national team or some oh, international okay. uh, international road team or so. But uh, like for me, track cycling is like a really good thing. And uh, I'm doing mm-hmm. my Cycling Canada portfolio at the moment. I'm oh using a lot of track references there. But uh, <laughs> I'm really looking like a uh, opportunity to, to help athletes also internationally. It's like a, one goal for me.
0: Ah, I see. So you're looking for more international experience as a coach on the yeah, track. Yeah, ex-
1: exploring the world because um, uh, it's like a, I'm always staying here with my young athletes. But uh, yet again, I think there's like um, a lot to learn mm-hmm. abroad. And different countries has like uh, different ways to train and... Uh, different facilities and it would be like really great to be sometimes uh, someday a coach where you have like uh, for instance indoor track available for you every day so you can just oh, go yes. there with your athletes and to train them so that's something i'm looking
0: so do you have a do you have a place in mind no. That you kind of like to, but, so how many countries in Europe have tracks? Like an indoor track? I would track? say
1: like most of the countries these days. Oh, really? Yeah, the track okay, network so you... is like really huge.
0: Oh, wow. So you have basically your pick of all the countries that you could go to.
1: Or, or do I you have, have a have... favorite? Do
0: you have like one that you're kind of like, want to mention?
1: No no, i don't have any uh, i'm like uh, open minded and uh looking for opportunities mm-hmm. and uh, those could come like uh when you are where you are not expecting those you know yeah but uh, then on the other hand you had to one had to develop all the time own thinking and the ways that you see the sport and how the sport is evolving at the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. So, and of course, connecting with people—that's important, right?
0: Right. You should come to Canada, hang out in Milton, or you could go to Burnaby, or Calgary, <laughs> or you go to the states. Well, that's amazing. So, before we end, now I'm going to ask you. If you have any advice for, now I know you've, like, through your experience as a young raider, racer and then going to Belgium on your own. And I know that you work a lot with uh, younger athletes to, you know, advance them to, you know, I guess pro levels if they're, um, if they're on that track. Do you have any specific um, advice that you would give out? To say, like, you know, the next Mika is going to get in his car and drive to Belgium by himself, going for, um, you know, going for his dream?
1: Mm, I think uh, no matter you're co- whether you are coming from Finland or maybe from Canada to Belgium, I think one important thing is that you are having, like, a really good network of people around you even though they might be at your home country, but uh, that's really important. And that network also includes coach. I think that's like oh, important okay. for young athlete that you are having like a network of trusted people who you can call, who you can talk, and right. who can really help you. I think that's something. And then on the other hand, I would say, the, the even younger version of athlete that uh, be present at the school and le- learn the language and learn about <laughs> the culture of the co- country where you're heading
0: hey, that's a good advice because <laughs> that's really important so so even when they travel over there they keep their coach so they have somebody that they can always rely on yeah, as a mentor even like they're on their own and i like that learning the culture that's really important that can get you in trouble if you don't take your time to do that (laughs) (laughs) so well thank you so much this has been a great experience um i love that we have somebody from europe here and i hope that um you know this isn't this is by far not the last person that i interview from overseas um and like I said, now, if I ever, well, at some point in time, I will go over to Europe. Finland is kind of far from where I would go. But now that I know somebody, I think I'll go there. <laughs> and since they are cyclists, it's even more, um, more uh, a draw. But I want to thank you, Mika, for taking the time um to do this and um saying yes to the interview i really really appreciate it and i know our listeners appreciate it to hear you know just a little bit of the background from yourself and you know kind of you know what a younger cyclist would be doing and you know because i imagine canadian cyclists will go a lot of our canadian cyclists go either to the states or over to europe and probably belgium is where they go i would imagine um but with that, I want to say special thanks to you again. Um, Mika Samoa from Finland. And thank you to all of our listeners. Please remember to share and review if you love this uh, episode. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast